After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became radiant, intensely white, as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. For he did not know what to say, for they were terrified. And a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. And suddenly, looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. All right, I know that we are all sick of them, and I know we're even just sick of talking about them, but they really help kind of make the point of what I want to talk about today. Masks. Ugh, like we're sick of them, I know. I know. I, I hate wearing my mask because I'm sure you hate wearing your mask because they're uncomfortable, they're annoying, yada, yada, yada. We know that. But you know what I really hate? I hate that you wear your mask because I can't see your glorious face when you do. You see, what, what is it about the human face? We're going to think about that a little bit today. We're going to start by having a little bit of fun and play a game. How many of you have ever played the staring game before? Raise your hand if you've played the staring game. A few of you have. Okay. If you've never played before, here's how it works. Two people stare at each other. The first one who breaks the stare, in other words, they break, they, they start giggling or laughing or smiling, they lose. Right? So whoever can stare the longest with that blank face wins. So you need to find somebody around you, socially distant, of course. All right? Turn to somebody. You're going to stare at them. The first person who breaks loses. Count it down. Ready? Three, two, one, go. All right, some of you gave up immediately. A few of you still maybe going strong? Mark and Nancy, how long do you want this homily to go? <laughs> they, were, they were into it. Okay. Well, what is it about this? Why is it so hard to do that, to keep that straight face and not sort of giggle, smile, or laugh? Because, I mean, to be the master of the obvious, to look into another person's face is very, very personal. It's, it's intense, it's intimate, it's vulnerable, and I tell you, it's glorious, I think one of the reasons why when you look at somebody's face, you, after a while, you just kind of have to look away is because, because of their glory, because of the reverence that you have for them. A, a person's face is like a window. You not only get that chance to see into them, but you also get to see a little bit of what comes out of them. Have you ever met anybody who is just absolutely radiant? And what I mean by that is they, they might not be what we would call physically beautiful or handsome, not necessarily. They might be, they might not be. It doesn't really matter. But there is something about them that just is beaming bright, radiant, a beauty that comes out on their face. They have a demeanor and a countenance that's just glowing. And you ask yourself, well, then what is that about them that that happens? Well, let me ask you, when was the last time that you were beaming? glowing, radiant. 
Maybe it was because of something that you were doing that you loved, but I bet you more than likely it was because you were with somebody that you love. Did you know that you were made to be this way? You were made to be radiant, to glow, to beam with brightness. And it's because you are made in the image of God. And God is light. And every one of us here is meant to reflect his light like a mirror. Or to use a different analogy, God is the sun, the source of light. And we are all like the moon on on a clear, dark night. The full moon that is reflecting the full light of the sun. But how many of us feel, like even right now, that we're beaming brightly? Maybe many of us feel like, no, I feel like I'm sort of fading, that I've become dim and dull. What happened? Why is that? And how do we get this back? Well, let's first of all go to Moses in our Old Testament reading. We're told that he's been up on Mount Sinai with God, giving, getting the Ten Commandments from the hand of God, the, the law of God. And when he comes down from the mountain, it says his face has beams or horns of light that are, are going streaming out of his face. And go figure, his brother Aaron and all the other leaders of Israel are freaking out. I mean, if my face started doing that up front, you'd be like, what is going on here? It, you'd be freaking out too. Moses, however, has been in God's presence for so long, he doesn't realize that his face is glowing, and he's like calling out to him, like, guys, where are you going? Why are you running away? Come back here. And eventually they do. But then there's this interesting little bit that after he talks with him, he puts this veil over his face. What's that about? Well, Paul explains this to us in our second reading. It says, Moses would put a veil over his face so that the Israelites might not gaze at the outcome of what was being brought to an end. So the veil was not because of this scary glow that was on his face. He would would talk to them with that glow on his face, but then he would put the veil on his face because that glow would fade. Every time he went in to talk with God, his face would glow, but eventually that glow would begin to fade. So he'd put the veil on his face so that they wouldn't see the fading There was a meaning behind this. You see, God, when he gave his law to his people Israel, this was glory. This is God shining his light on his people. To follow the law of God is to to live in his light. But you know the problem, right? They couldn't do it in the Old Testament, and we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't keep God's law perfectly, and we begin to fade and fizzle. What Paul says to us, though, the good news is that this old covenant, this law, is now coming to an end. And now there's a new covenant. There's going to be a new way into this life with God that never fades. So let's go to our gospel reading. And there you have our fully human brother, Jesus, who we're told is transfigured. Now Moses' glowing face was because he reflected God's light. But as we're going to see in the Creed a little bit later, Jesus begins to glow and radiate this light because He is God from God and light from light. He is God. So His bodily appearance begins to change as His divinity and His glory and His light emanate and actually permeate outward through His human form. In Matthew's Gospel, He tells us that His face begins to shine like the sun. 
And of course, Peter and James and John, they start freaking out because they're seeing this. They're terrified. And then who shows up but Moses and as well as the prophet Elijah. Now, the two of them symbolize the law and the prophets of this old covenant that is now passing away because it's giving way now on this mountain. It's giving way to the new covenant that God is fully revealing in the man Jesus. Jesus does what we can't do. We would try to keep the law. I mean, we try to be, do what God says, and we just fade. So the Son of God, who think about this, He is the one who spoke that law. He wrote that law on the Ten Commandments and gave it to Moses. Now He comes as the Son of Man. The Son of God comes as the Son of Man to live that law when we couldn't, when we failed. And then, in a sacrifice for us, He sheds His blood. And as you're going to hear again in the Eucharist, as we do each and whole every week, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. In Jesus, we now have a new way into the light, a new way into the glory of God, and it never fades. Because of His blood shed for us, see, our sins are removed. The veil is taken away. When the Holy Spirit begins and creates faith in your heart, it, it brings you into the glory of God. You are meant to have a face-to-face, intimate relationship with God. Think about it this way. We have a little tradition whenever we have a wedding that sort of illustrates this for us. The door is open, and here comes the father with his daughter. If he's not a blubbery mess, he's beaming. And they come down the aisle, and traditionally, what does he then do? He lifts her veil. Why? So that she can be face to face with her groom. Who's our groom? As the church, who is our groom but Jesus? Glory. And this is what Paul's driving at. He says this, We all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now that's a mouthful. Let's unpack that a little bit. With unveiled face, so nothing between us, fully revealed to God and He's fully revealed to us, it says we behold the glory. This can be translated, we reflect the glory. And we are transformed. The precise, the exact same word that was used of Jesus when He was transfigured. The Greek word is metamorphosis. When Jesus was transfigured, He had this change of appearance. Why? Because, again, He is light, light from light. But we're transfigured when we come into His presence because we reflect His light. We are being transfigured, transformed into the same image. We become the mere reflection of Jesus. We're restored to that original image of God that we're created to be so that we can be radiant and beaming and glowing once again. And here's the best part. It says the glory doesn't fade. Paul says you go from one degree of glory to another, from glory to glory to glory. It intensifies. You become more radiant. This comes from the Lord who is the Spirit, says Paul. 
See, we can't generate this from within ourselves. We can only reflect it. Remember at the beginning I asked you, you ever met somebody who's like truly radiant? The people like that that I have met, I mean, you could just tell. It comes from an intimate and ever-deepening relationship with Jesus from glory to glory to glory. How do we get this? I'm talking about prayer. And by prayer, I don't mean just simply, you know, saying your meal prayers and your bedtime prayers. Now I lay me down to sleep. Come, Lord Jesus, be our guest. No, 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 no. Prayer is living constantly in the unfading presence and the friendship of God from glory to glory to glory. Let me ask you this. When you pray, if you pray, hopefully you pray, but when you pray, where do you picture Jesus in your mind? Do you picture him like, you know, up in heaven somewhere, past outer space, long ways away from me? How about a little closer? Do you picture him across the room like you're in the back row and he's up front in church? How about a little closer? How about across the table in a deep conversation? Come a little closer. How about face to face? Go even closer. How about in the inner chambers of your heart? This is where we pray. Listen to what Paul says. God who said, let light shine out of darkness. So God who said, let there be light, creation. That God has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. When we pray, friends, we've got to do more than than talk at Jesus. We have to enter into our own inner chambers, the inner chambers of our heart, so that we can gaze into his face. See, that is how personal our God wants to be with each and every one of us, face to face. Our God became human so that when we look into the human face of of Jesus, we are looking into the face of God. And if you are gazing into the face of God, and more importantly, that He is gazing at you, what's that going to do to your face? It's going to make you radiant, beaming, glowing, Let me give you a moment in prayer right now to go into the inner chamber of your own heart and to gaze into the face of Jesus.
My friends, do you realize this is what heaven is? Heaven is to gaze into the face of your true love, Jesus, and then to reflect his loving gaze on your face. On this transfiguration, let me bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Would you please stand and confess?